Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warn-usa.com. And you can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. And you can also go to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com to listen to the shows and download them and send them around to your friends. And we appreciate you doing that. And you can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the shows where you heard us. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Sons of God, trust in Him. As the storm assails, you will make decisions based on what you trust. Sons of God, trust in Him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the glory of our Father and great God. Also, bowing to Baal, uncleanness. It all comes down to one thing, bowing the knee to Baal or owing allegiance to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Conversation, End of Day. A conversation in character about the end of days in America. Servant Disciples, he is not above his master. Servant disciple. One of the common themes in the gospel end of days scenario is trouble worldwide. Matthew chapter 24 warns we are not to be deceived. And last but not least, American Tophet, Valley of Hinnom. The love of killing the unborn child while declaring it is declaring it is not a live human being is the Valley of Hinnom and an American Tophet. And don't miss on Warren Radio Blood Guilt um, the Blood Guilt series classic Warren Radio covers blood guilt from Cain to Armageddon all of it you will find in the Bible. Be sure to go to DanaGlynSmith.com to sign up for the WIBR Warren newsletter, Warren Radio newsletter, and also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature Christian books and other resources from our media, our Visions Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warn Radio. 
on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings. Welcome to another Friday edition of Sound the Shofar. I'm the watchman Dana Smith. It is Friday. Many of us are glad for Fridays. It's the beginning of Shabbat. It's time off. To forget the world, focus. But the world never goes away. Did you notice that? We're worried about global warming. We're more worried about saving the whales and the monkeys and all the other animals, which are good. I love animals. But we're willing to kill the babies. Now, see, in in a nice day leading up to a weekend... The topic of abortion and death and other related items that's going on in America and around the world is not a good subject at times. It's one of those things that it's like a sharp piercing sword in the side. That's the way Jeremiah was to the Jews when he warned them about the coming judgment being carried away to Babylon. We're in Isaiah. And it was part 109 last night. We've been doing the Isaiah series for, well, going on two years, a year and a half. Because this isn't a standard study. And neither is the Hebrews one. Now, I do give you some Greek, Hebrew, But I don't go into all the in-depth. I relate it in a practical way. And it's important. Today we're in Hebrews 6.12. And, uh, you know, when you talk about all of this, The last verse we did was, and we desire every one of you to show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end. Now the verse before that, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Now see, we have church, we have pastors, evangelists, and we have people here that minister. Now, the first thing this morning I seen was an article from a minister. And these are, I have quite a few contacts, quite a few people, um, news and things that I receive personally in my inbox. A lot of you do. And uh, another pastor was saying it's God's will to abort babies. Of course, he, being a pastor, does not understand the law 
of blood and guilt, of the shedding of innocent blood, that that particular law mentioned in the Torah has not gone away, that the children of Israel got in trouble for passing their children through the fire. And when you're committing abortion, that's what you're doing. And these are unpleasant topics. This is Friday. And even on a Monday, they are. But you see, what are we ministering? And in Hebrews, Paul is getting down to verse 12 now. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now I'm going to be blunt with you right now. So prepare yourself. America is damnable today. They are slothful today. They are fornicators. And if you go through what Paul told us in the last days found in Timothy, or even what Peter warns, and John warns, Jude warns, America is right there being warned, but we're not listening. And if you look around to a lot of the radical left-wingers, the ones who are supporting the Democrats, we have a lot of kids, young adults, that have drank the Kool-Aid of leftism and wokeness and evil doings, fornication, and every other thing. We are a society that don't believe that there is such a thing as being slothful. You're woke. Now see, it's detrimental. The reason is, is because your word is not eternal. Now God will hold you accountable for every word you speak. But as Christians, we're not to be slothful. But through, but followers of them... Who's them? Well, if you look in Paul's Hebrew of faith, the examples come from those in the Old Testament. The Hall of Faith. So here, you're not to be slothful, but followers of those do what they do who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Read the Hebrews Hall of Faith. I mean, we'll get to it eventually. Now, look at the word slothful there. Nothros. It's a derivative of a Greek word, which means sluggish. Literally, it means lazy. If you want to get right down to it, Something that <laughs> you would understand, it means stupid, dull, slothful. 
Don't be stupid, Christians. <laughs> Can you imagine getting up on a Sunday morning? And I've preached Sunday morning services. and <laughs> I've talked to a lot of believers. Matter of fact... It's in the church where those who get injured can literally be run over if you don't get out of the way. Oh, he's injured. It doesn't matter. Get him out of the way. No, not all churches are like that. But this is Christianity in America. Don't be stupid. Don't be dull. Don't be slothful. That's not Christian. Well, Paul said that. You need to understand that there is a smart and there's a stupid. There is a righteous, there's an unrighteous. That is who we are. We are Christians. We've chose the righteous side, or supposed to have. But yet the, the sad thing is that we've got people that run around that look like bums. That look worse than the hippies did. <laughs> and coming from the 60s, I, I knew a lot of hippies. I knew a lot of cowboys. I knew a lot of Mexicans, even the legal ones. <clears throat> didn't know any blacks. We didn't have them in town. We didn't have one black family. We didn't have one black person. We had a group of blacks during the 60s that came in to protest. And uh, Dual Price, the sheriff, said, you're the only blacks in town. If you want to protest, help yourself. They packed up their van and left. Wasn't being nasty. It just says, we don't care. Go, go in the park and protest. But see, Paul isn't addressing the slothfulness of America. But we are slothful. And we have kids that, frankly, you know, they're binary. They're transgender. They're no gender. And they get all these pronouns from the leftists. And it, it has its... It's part of a Marxist socialist overthrow, which is classic. Because they're trying to overthrow America. So the question of it is, if we have so many preachers and so many churches, then what's happened to America? We were supposed to be the salt and light, so what happened? The salt lost its savor, its flavor. It's no good but to be tossed out because it's good for nothing. It doesn't do anything. It just adds to the problem. That's what Paul's getting at. Don't be slothful. If you want to inherit the faith and patience, it takes discipline, discipleship, and faith, and you're going to go through problems. There is going to be trouble. Things are not going to be easy. And in America today, the way things are going today, there is going to be more trouble. Faith. Pistis. Persuasion. Credence. Moral conviction. Relating to religious truth or the truthfulness of God. 
you can relate it to people like a religious teacher but for the Christian it's reliance upon Christ believing in him for salvation it can also represent the gospel and our system of religious truth and where we get it and the assurance and the belief that what we've been taught that God is not a liar that if we believe and and hold true to what he expects of us that we will have eternal life faith patience macrothomia it's from a greek word Relating to forbearance, fortitude, leading to long-suffering and patience. I have borne this long enough. No, it's forbearance. You see, and this relates to something I found this morning I was looking at. In Matthew 7 through 14, this section is a context of the golden rule. I was raised on this golden rule. And it's kind of funny because, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The golden rule. That's shortened. We had a store in our town, small town, called the Golden Rule. And it was a good store. And the guy was there for, you know, I think he retired from it. And ended up selling it. But... You know, we don't have these kind of things in America taught anymore. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now the now the scriptures do tell us in as much as possible live peaceably with all men. And I try to even if they're a sinner, even if they live a lifestyle I don't agree with. But the bottom line of it is, it doesn't change how I feel about certain aspects. And we are great in America for forgetting this, that God's word stands. Now, you see, the reason Paul is telling you what we were talking about before, that you be not slothful, lazy, in your discipleship for Christ, but you have to do what those who inherited the faith and the patience did. You know, they had faith and patience, and they inherited the promises. They won their battle. The example Paul lifted up are those from the Old Testament as examples. 
But there were people around that Paul consented uh, even to the death, which was Stephen. Stephen is a good example. But you might say, well, I don't want to follow him. He died. He got killed. I don't want to be that way. I don't... <laughs> Man, if I've... If I've got to do that, I'm going to change my doctrine a little bit because I want to live peaceably with all men and I don't want to get slaughtered. I don't want to get killed because I'm too radical. Well, I know that one real well. Because I, my first church I was in as youth pastor, I eventually was relieved of my duties precisely because I was so radical. Two deacons caught me on the stairway going up on a Sunday morning. I've told this story numerous times. It don't bother me, but that's the way it is. We don't want your kind around here, they said. Pack your bags, take your ideas, and get out of here. We don't want you. So I waited for them to make the decision, and they did. And I was gone. Holidays were coming up. I was in another state. They didn't care how I got home. I'd moved my stuff there. They didn't care. As long as I wasn't in their church, there was no help. I had friends from the church stop by, including one that was on the board of deacon uh, on the board that voted to remove me. I said, "Why did why didn't you speak up?" He said, "Well, I guess I have a jellyfish backbone. I looked at him, and I, and I liked him. He was a good guy. Still is. Never hated him. But I said, well, I guess you do. He didn't say nothing. And you see, when you're starting out, that can really change your view of the way the church is. But you see... In the Golden Rule, though, it has two other verses to form the context. Verses 13 and 14 of Matthew goes with that, Matthew 7:12. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. Why are you supposed to not be slothful? Because, as our Lord said, you enter in at the straight gate. It's straight. It's narrow. There's no getting around it. It is black and white. It's easy to, you know, once you find it, you can't swerve out of the way. You've got to stay on the path. You've got to keep your eye and go through the gate because it's straight. And it's narrow. But if you're walking it, and don't turn around and go the other way, it'll lead into life. But few, he says, there be that find it. Few. Now that actually goes with a verse in John 3.16. Most people stop at John 3.16 and 17. But if you follow it down, you find where he warned that people 
love darkness more than they do the light and they'll never come to the light to get saved for God so loved the world that he gave yeah but they're in darkness and they won't come to the light because once you come to the light it reveals your sin and they don't want that because they love their sin more that's why it's a straight gate. That's why the way is narrow. That's why the wide the gate is wide for those that wind up in hell. America's no different, folks. You got freedoms here. We've been blessed country. But what happens when you fall away? I mean, I could tell you a few things about this. That nobody knows. You know, Christianity in America, for the most part, not everybody, is panty waste. It's a word for my generation. I was talking to a native pastor in India many, 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 many years ago. We were talking about provision, and we had helped him out. And he says, you know, many people, and he was speaking of his people, believe that America is a great Christian nation. But he says, I found out, and those with me, and I'm paraphrasing, and I'm remembering this from uh, over 20 years ago. And he said, and the one phrase he said was, is that Christianity in America is a mile wide and an inch deep. There's no root. And I explained to him, later on as we continued our conversation in the weeks and months and years that living in a rich country like America can actually be more detrimental than living in a country where they persecute you all the time. Because see here, Satan lulls you to sleep, seduces you to sleep, brings you into a world of the flesh, the carnal, and see we call it darkness, but see, you feel enlightened and free. That's because your flesh likes this kind of stuff. And you can tell that both sexes, male and female, are caught up in that. And I watch when I have, and I have a lot of people follow me, various things. Over the years, I've had a lot of people follow me. I've had people that's turned on my back, turned me, stabbed me in the back. I've had people that would call me and, you know, their pastor the next minute they're stabbing me in the back. And it's because that I'm preaching on something this day. I begin to teach on something else. And everything goes fine until I reach on a topic that they're sensitive about. And it touches on sin. Then all of a sudden, they don't like me anymore. 
<laughs> and so, you know, anymore, I just tell people, don't call me pastor. <laughs> I'm not your pastor. Every time people called me that, I've had people come up, oh, yeah, where can I place this next knife? And these are knives of attack, not literal knives. The sharp points of the tongue. The gossiping. The finding fault. So folks, today, on this Sabbath day, beginning of Sabbath tonight, and I'm not trying to get you to change your Sabbath, I don't care. As long as you look to the Lord, it's between you and Him. Because we have all kinds of churches with all kinds of doctrines. But we see Sabbath biblically as the Jews were told. Friday night to Saturday night. But at any rate, Now the next verse, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Now that's something. See, now, God actually did that with us too. Because in the scriptures, we've got this assurity of his promise that God cannot lie. He is not evil. And see, Paul is making the case in Hebrews because he makes the case in Galatians as well where we are heirs of the promise of Abraham through faith. And God told him, surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. So the promises, it said, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. There is that patient endurance throughout scripture. The faith and patience of the Lord, the faith and patience of Jesus Christ. You're going to find that applies in Revelation and what people go through and what we're waiting for when we're waiting for his kingdom. So after he had patiently endured, there is an endurance. And I can tell you, You know, how long should you endure? <laughs> oh, boy. Everybody, raise your hands because <laughs> once it starts, you're going to, it's going to hurt. And you raise your hands. Okay, I've suffered long enough. I don't know how many times in my life I've said, okay, that's it. I'm done. I can't take anymore. Five minutes later, I'm doing it again. And as I do it, I keep doing it. 
and finish whatever. Because God knows how much you can endure. <laughs> Believe me, if you're going through a trial now, now, of course, if it is on the life and death end, and I've been there too. Someone asked me, it came up in one teaching I was doing many, 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 many years ago. Remember, Tower and I have been on this path since, <clears throat> well, you could say the early 70s. Early 70s, 1970. So we've been doing this for a few days. And you get in that patient endurance. You get in that, I mean, you've had plenty of, plenty of instances where you learn that. But then there's times in your life that you may go through things that, you know, can be out and out sin even. I had an argument with the Lord for a dozen years. I drug my whole family with me. And all the time I was busy. No one, no one knew it. But then the Lord and I got it worked out. And it works like this. God knows what it takes. And he allowed me to go. And... I had some pretty tough time many, many years ago. And I needed that time for God to show me. Sometimes you don't learn unless you really go through it. Life experience. I mean, you know, there are those in life that have everything. And, uh, you know, they, they have, uh, their family is well-to-do. They're always going somewhere, doing something. Well, you don't. Now, see, I do what I do practically seven days a week all the time. Because I've got all that lot of stuff to do and Tower's there with me. Plus, we're writing books. My next book, we're getting ready to send the final copy off to the publisher. Who will then start working on it to get it published. And see, you never, you never stop, but... Whatever you're doing for the Lord or doing for yourself, there's that path that you're on. And the end result is, where do you want to spend eternity? Have you tasted the good things of the Lord? There's only one way to get it. You need to repent and follow him. John chapter 1. He went to his own and his own received him not. To as many as received him, to them gave he power 
to become the sons of God, even to those who believe on his name. These were born again by the Spirit, not through the flesh. Not, you know, by any effort of man. In other words, when you truly know the Lord, becoming a church member doesn't seal you in heaven in any way. There's only, it's just what you do with Christ. It's your confession. It's your redemption. Being born again in him. Now a church is good to gather in. To have friends. But we've become comfortable in those. Now see, during Jeremiah's time, Judah, who should have known better, God told him, he says, go look in the temple. See what they put there. They've defiled my name in my own temple. So he went in there. And of course, by this time, they were serving other gods. And they had scribbled on the walls and things, these other gods. Because, see, when you're born into God, it's not through the flesh. And, see, this is what the Jews had to understand, too. Some of them have their Messianic Jews today. <clears throat> but, see, even it was said of Joshua and Caleb that they had a different spirit about them, just like Moses had a different spirit. The other children of Israel being led out of the promised land, were continually run, running into trouble with Moses. And when they sent out the 12 spies, 10 of them came back with a negative report because it's all in the flesh. We can't win. Joshua and Caleb said, we can, let's go. Different spirit. And that's no different today as Christians. Well, we can't win. We got to let them have what they want. We can't stand up. We can't do nothing. You know, the bottom line of it is, is that sin cannot be partnered with. Sin is not going to make a peace agreement with you unless you do what it wants you to do. And once you start doing the thing that sin wants you to do, you're going to feel better because there's not that struggle with your fleshly nature and then you go into church and you can find a preacher that'll adjust his or her doctrine to suit who you are and you can feel comfortable in church that's what we've done we have people sitting in churches today that are in a, a, a lifestyle that's an abomination to the Lord God and their pastors are openly telling them they're fine and going to heaven And they're not going to. And we have a lot of people like that today. Because there is a path you're to walk. And that's why Paul here is talking about this. Don't be dull. Don't be stupid in your walk. Because those who through faith and patience inherited the promises weren't dumb and stupid. They had enemies like you did. They had temptations like you did. They had to fight them. But more so today, 
we have more than they did. We have the new covenant. And Paul will deal with that. Verse 16, For men verily swear by the greater an oath for confirmation to them and end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. Now you see, the promise made to Abraham wouldn't have been of any value to talk about if he'd never got the promise. But you see, the thing here is that Abraham believed that no matter what happened, God would make a way. Even when he was asked to sacrifice Isaac. He knew that if, even if he went through with it, God could raise him from the dead. That doesn't mean you're supposed to go out and kill your kids. That's just an example. Because chances of you doing that, <laughs> you're going to come back and you're going to go to prison. But you see, we've got hypocrites running our country. We've got lawless people that are running our states. America is awash in confusion and sin. We have no major pastors. We don't have, like, tons of pastors standing up. Now, recently, a 100 pastors stood up to say we have no king but Jesus, talking to the Biden administration and taking the vaccine. But what about the godlessness? What about the riots in the street? There's so many things you could be standing up for. We don't have a, for, a force of righteousness in this country. We have ecumenicalism. I mean, even the Pope who represents the Catholic Church is wishy-washy. Because I follow him. I mean, I listen. His statements always make it out. This guy seems like he has dementia. Because he doesn't remember what he says from one time to another, it seems. And El Papa is not the vicar of Christ. He's not someone, and, and of course they made the priests where you can confess to them, but the one you need to confess to is God. I mean, there's a lot of doctrinal things when you talk about biblical issues with the Catholic Church. But the bottom line of it is, we have reported over the years major persecution against the Catholic Church around the world. Priests and the believers getting slaughtered and and there's a lot more things that happen to them. So the bottom line of it is, is that the end 
point here is where are you walking, whether you're Catholic or non-Catholic, no matter who you are, and what have you done with Christ? But see, like Paul says, for men verily swear by the greater. What's the greater? You can say, well, you know, he promised me this. Now, that's fine. Sounds good. But he promised me, and then he made good on that promise. On this date, he did this. Now, that's the greater. Now, we as Christians say, we believe. And God cannot lie. And we believe in Christ. We follow him. We will be with him forever in heaven. We will be saved. We will be delivered. All things will be made new. Now that's a promise. But the greater is when we're in heaven. You know, when we're in the new kingdom. Actually, we'll be here on earth. Because the tabernacle of God is going to be here. See, the greater is when we are fulfilled. When the sons of God are revealed. When we are finally brought into the fullness. That's the greater. We haven't received the greater yet. We're still in the promise. We're in the enduring of that promise. We are the keeping of the faith of that promise. We are walking in the narrow path of that promise. For God has given us a certain time to walk on this earth as either the child of the devil or the child of God. You choose where you're going to walk. And the greater is whatever that is. If you're walking in darkness, the greater for you is Sheol and the judgment of God and being sent into the pit and eventually being thrown into the lake of fire. That's the greater for you. The other greater is you're forgiven. You're with the Lord. You're living in peace. You're living in a new heavens and a new earth. So you figure it out. What do you want? Do you want to be miserable all your life? There is something greater than ourselves. There is something greater than America. There is something greater than this world we live in. <clears throat> Wherein God, this is verse 17, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs the promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. Now, the law says, let every word be established by two or three. And God is establishing his witness of an oath and a promise, the heirs of the promise. We've inherited through Abraham. <clears throat> and the promise, that red line of redemption that God had decided all through, fulfilled by Christ. Received by us when we receive him. John 1. Born again of the Spirit. John 3. <clears throat> 1 John 1. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. In Romans, you can go Romans 3 through 7. We talk about, for with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Revelation 12:11 they overcame past tense 
by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love their lives not unto death. And then Revelation 22. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. For my reward is with me. We're in the time where God is saying, choose. Because whatever you choose, I'm going to judge you. And you'll receive that reward. Which reward do you want? So that by two immutable things, number one, it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation or hope. A strong reason. God is not going to lie. And for those who have fled for refuge to lay a hold upon the hope set before us. That's, that's part of that walk. And then, of course, then it goes, which hope we have is an anchor of the soul... <clears throat> both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. And within the, way, within the veil, of course, was the ark and the holy of holies. We can enter in now through Christ into the presence of God. It's impossible for God to lie, and because of what Christ did in the hope, we can enter into that veil. And so it's here, verse 20, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever by the order of Melchizedek. That's where we're at. And I think it's important for us to understand these things. Because, you know, living in America for most of us... You know, in America, things are getting a little testy around here. Problematic. And we have people that take it upon themselves to try to destroy this country because they don't like it. And they frankly don't care that you don't like it. I mean, look at all the ships off the coast that are waiting to unload. I mean, by the time they unload some of that, if that was fresh produce, it would have been ruined. What does the liberals do? What does Newsom do in California? He just lets it go. He doesn't make any declaration, doesn't move to do anything. And so the bottom line of it is... We could have taken care of this issue a long time ago, but the Democrats didn't. 
For that matter, the Republicans didn't even. Many people didn't even know it. I didn't know it was backed up, but I know if I'd have been governor, I would have been working when I started seeing it. And the people on the dock didn't do anything. They just did their job, collect their paychecks, and went home. Who cares if the ships are stacked up? Who cares if you can't receive stuff? And people have been getting those messages for a long time now, and nobody put it together. Now, all of a sudden, it was a few months ago, Kamala Harris first released the words that at Christmas, you better start buying now because at Christmas you ain't going to have nothing. And they're talking about lack of food, empty shelves, you know, you can't get stuff in. Trying to scare you. And in the same token, they tell you, well, you know, you need to get shot. We're going to have vaccine mandates. We're going to force you to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do everything. See, so faith enters in. We have no no king but Jesus. Because there's people pulling Biden's strings. He's not right in the head. He hasn't been. I don't say that mean. It's just the way it is. And it's proven, too. Because I know the doctors. And uh, I made it a point on our Instagram account to follow a lot of these doctors. And they've proven Alzheimer's and dementia can be healed through diet. Dr. Gundry, one of the ones that Tara and I have been following his protocol for a long time. We know that that works. My father-in-law knew it. We used to talk about that. What you eat in your food is healing. But see, there's a lot of this stuff that never gets out. There's a lot of things that are happening. And your life, every day, is going closer to eternity. And you're living in a time that is stressful. And so you need today to draw close to the Lord like never before. And you need to make sure your walk is not slothful because you're trying to inherit those promises and please God. Be faithful. That's your goal if you're a believer. The churches should be united in prayer, united in repenting, United in fasting, we need to be standing up on the streets. We need to be opposing the wickedness of this government. We need to be standing against stuff. But most people won't do that because they do not want to lose their things. And the Lord warned warned us about that in Luke 21, I think. 34 through 36, 37. Read the context. Don't be so caught up in the day-to-day life and society that you're in that you don't notice what's happening. The coming of the Lord draws nigh. Father, thank you for this word. Bless this word to the hearts of those who hear it whenever they do. Draw them to yourself and bless them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. 
Now, if you want to contact us, ask us questions, go to our websites, get on our contact page, and send it to us. If you specifically want a question answered or something, you need to put in your email what this is about. Put sound the shofar. And I'll know it's coming from this time in the show. If you're too lazy to go to our websites, if you're too lazy to send us an email, then you don't need to talk to us. And we don't need to talk to you. People that want to talk to me, that's what they do. And we don't receive direct email from anybody, except those we have known for a long time. And many of those are listeners that we've known. Bottom line of it is, the system in this technology we have is corrupt. There's a lot of good points to it, but there's a lot of bad. Be careful in what you choose to trust. Look to the Lord. And again, go to our websites and you can contact us. Put in the form where it says, what's this about? You know, what's the reason? Put sound the shofar in there. Or if you're listening to us on battle lines, put battle lines. Or the advocacy show, put advocacy. So we know. Because I get tons of emails. And I get tons of pure, unadulterated, you know what. It's not as bad as it used to be because I weeded it out. And you can do that. Until next time, take care of yourself. Look to the Lord. There's a lot of issues going on in America. If you're in America, you need to look to the Lord more than ever. If you're over in the many persecuted areas around the world, know that we pray for the persecuted Tower and I daily around the world. Until next time. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.